Today on Octal FM, Jalar and I have a chat about online chatting as we discuss the current and future tech behind video conferencing. Hello, welcome to the episode of Ops Life M. I'm Saffron. And I'm Gelada. And we're back today discussing a, a topic that we've been trying to research for a little while now. And I think it's probably come up occasionally in a soundbite here and there, right? Because I think mm. that's sort of what prompted us to to talk about it. Mm. Um, and that is we wanted to discuss uh, video conferencing. Yeah. So the idea being that you were talking to people like over the internet at the moment, but not necessarily, and using that visual medium along with a audio medium so you know mm. you, you the idea of like sitting there in front of a webcam and talking to someone like over facetime or something is sort of what we think of nowadays but it's not always been the case like that yeah and we want to sort of talk about kind of the all the history behind it a little bit about how everything works and also kind of talk about where we think it's going because there's a lot of movement in this space at the moment mm. i think why this came topic came up as well was also around coronavirus right and you know there's just there's really a lot of like zoom which is the the sort of most popular one now the sort of service for this has gone from like 10 million active users to 200 million or something it's ridiculous like like order of magnitude in size that's a big market and it just got you know yeah 20 times bigger within the space of like a month i think yeah services were going from you know a thousand plus percent demand probably more than the thousand percent demand yeah, exactly. um, like all workplaces were suddenly scrambling to like get a a usable video conferencing mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. working like i, I know yeah. uh at my work they like we need to get something sorted now and they start using microsoft teams like immediately yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And it's sort of, you know, there's 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 more to it than just the enterprise side of things. A lot of people are also using it for, for personal stuff as well, mm. you know, sort of doing remote pub quizzes and things like that. And that's sort of the a very reactionary part of video conferencing. But I think it's worth looking at it. This is now the opportunity to look at things from a wider point of view and think about where we're, where we're going here, because um, it is really interesting. But to sort of set the scene and start things off, making a call or speaking to someone from far away where you can see them is not really something that's that's new Mm. obviously and in fact actually when you know doing a bit of digging even further than my own knowledge it goes really all the way back to the advent of the tv Mm. because if you think about it the first thing that we did with tv was like show people speaking right like it's like like you're just someone sat there in front of a camera in inverted commas and they're talking right and and so that is essentially the same doing that in both directions is essentially yeah it it was radio with a picture exactly so you just had two people with two radios and a picture with two pictures exactly exactly and so in the sort of the very early days where everything was analog right so nothing was digital Video conferencing was really, and we're talking like proof of concept was like in the 20s, you know, the 1920s, I mean, not the 2020s. (laughs) Um, So it's a long time ago, like 100 years ago. And 
it was mostly novelty. So there was lots of like point to point settings. Mm. So things like, for example, if you had like a science fair, right, you might have like a a set of like video conferencing booths where you could be talking to someone at another science fair, like somewhere else. And it would be like one picture every three seconds or something. You know, it wasn't really like video. It was more like successive still photos Mm -hmm. you know being broadcast a little bit like kind of like again this is very old but like slow scan tv so what that means is like the picture is just like it's one picture every few seconds rather than rather than continuous you know pictures and it was not really there wasn't really a commercially available service that early on that was doing video calls or conferencing it just wasn't useful you know people you you, you just about got telephones yeah. you know and and so the idea of, of video is, is just doesn't really you don't really need it at that point no and and just simply understanding transmission of video over a wireless communications net medium was just not really there because even tv no. at that point was still very very limited you know so exactly. trying to and, and having the setup would just be phenomenally expensive i imagine as well yeah exactly um, exactly it was everything cost an absolute fortune but i mean it, it stayed that way for a while just because there wasn't really a call for it and it wasn't really yeah. like commercially viable but over time you sort of seeing these sort of like old movies right and like the old sitcoms and stuff where you go into like a CEO's office or something, he'd have like, you know, the, the big monitors on the wall and he talked to like Tokyo and New York and right. London all at the same time, right? Yeah. And a lot of the early stuff, again, sort of like 80s maybe, or like 70s and 80s, once you'd got digital networks, right? So once you were doing digital communication instead of analog communication, so where like traditional phones are analog um, digital is more like the internet, right? Or, yeah. or, or, or just digital connections over the traditional phone lines. That's when you started to to get more stuff. And even then, initially, it was like a frame every few seconds. You know, really nothing high quality no. at, at that point. And I think really, like there was a, there was quite a lot of time where you can kind of imagine them, right? Like the phones with little tiny screens on them. You know, like like little like it was built into the phone itself Mm. and you had a phone at each end with a little screen and a little camera on it and that was that was sort of to some extent how some manufacturers were trying to push it but again it didn't really work you know people were like why do i want to be on on a screen when i'm on a phone call Mm. you know if you think about this the only people that were on screens were like actors yes right like people in in tv shows and in films like no one no one themselves were were, was on a screen that we didn't have that kind of like public broadcasting of of your own life that you do now Mm. so people were definitely more sort of conscious of that in in the earlier days of video conferencing and part of that was the cultural aspect of it but Mm. it wasn't pushed to become more of a cultural norm because of the still rather inaccessible nature of the mm-hmm. technology like yeah if you wanted to make the cameras small enough that they were efficient to use like on a more personal setting then they just would be awful like you say they'd still yeah. be like a, a frame a second at most yeah, yeah exactly and if you want it to be sort of like a nice fluid like you know, I don't know even just 12 or, or 20 frames a second or something right you know you were looking like you know a, a big tv camera yeah <laughs> right you know and not just the camera but also the network that you needed yeah, at the time yeah. right to, to shift that amount of data around was just that was the kind of the main the really prohibitive thing was that was that the data limitations of early 
early internet, early phone lines were just so, so limited that yeah. you, you just couldn't do it without a dedicated kind of connection between yeah, places. Yeah, because at that point, if you have like a dedicated network between two points, which yeah. is kind of the same as that whole idea of the science fairs, like, you know, back in the 20s, right, exactly, exactly. it's just sort of slightly upgraded. Like, it's you couldn't just decide to call a random person at that point. You know, you would have right. to say, I'm going to call the office down in Chicago exactly. from like Boston or something. You've got it. You've got it. Like dedicated connections and stuff. What I find really interesting, right, is that in the early 90s, Right, it's when there was like a someone I can't remember the name of the guy wrote wrote a piece of software for the Macintosh in 1992, which was a video only. There was no audio, video only calling, mm. and it was like grayscale. You know, there was enough bandwidth at the point at that point to like share stuff around and and stream video between people. And the crucial thing I think was that to sort of give you an idea of where this started to become accessible for individuals was when a company called Connectix made the QuickCam, right? And what's crazy, and this was in 1994, and that name is still used today by Logitech. That's Logitech so cool. bought the QuickCam from Connectix, mm. uh, and that's actually the brand name that they use for their webcams. That's so cool. And back then it was $100, um, you know, which is not a lot of money, uh, even back then. And you could get a tiny little grayscale picture at a reasonably high frame rate, 60 FPS. Um, and so that sort of shows, okay, at that point, the hardware is no longer the issue. Um, you know, everyone, could, that's reasonably accessible yeah. to anyone that wanted it, so long as you've got a decent connection. But even so, even though that was 1994, if you think about Skype, which was kind of like, you know, they're sort of the, the ones that you think of in terms of like easily available uh, online phone calls yeah yeah uh, other than making like dedicated phone calls using some really like bespoke software from a company or something right exactly skype like was sort of like, like that accessible program exactly, that, like, like oh you skyped someone you know that exactly, had a meaning right. to it exactly and that was that skype didn't have video until 2005 mm. so there was still quite a big jump there before from from sort of those early cheap available grayscale mm. webcams at that point the internet was still fairly limited in terms of the connections that people had obviously in the yeah. early 90s but once you get to like 2005 now you're starting to talk about broadband yes. now you're starting to talk about color video cuz cuz you know no one the grayscale video of all things well, like if you think in, in yeah. the mid 90s you know you didn't read most people didn't have a digital camera right it was still exactly. using analog film like you know for taking a picture and if you had a camcorder it almost certainly just had a tape in it right yeah uh i mean I, when you described the little quick cam there the like the, the 320 by 240 resolution i just thinking of like a game boy camera like yeah little, it's actually like, it's, it's better than a game boy camera but not <laughs> much better than a game boy camera so <laughs> that's just yeah, what i imagine you know yeah you're exactly right you're exactly um, but right. then like in mid-2000s like digital cameras were becoming more much more common uh and you could take like quite quite limiting video on a relatively normal digital camera but the point is that tech was still there now and yeah. broadband connections were there now so exactly. what was stopping from being a limitation of the hardware started the limitation started to become the software yeah exactly and it and I, what i found really find really interesting is that the way, like, I don't want to go into too much detail, but, like, if you want to send video over the internet, you've got to, like, compress it, right? You've got to mm. reduce the quality. That's why your Zoom call, like, your video looks terrible compared to streaming something off Netflix, right? Is that, you know, it's it's got a, you've got a limited internet connection compared to Netflix, basically. Yeah. And so the algorithms actually match the, like, available 
bandwidth. So like the early days of video compression supported like ISDN, which was the first like pre-broadband internet connections that businesses would use yeah. and they've sort of just like followed along so now we've got like things that can do you know 4k video and stuff like that and so a lot of a lot of the improvements was actually you know as well as the software so hardware catching up software availability you know things like skype but also just like better and better algorithms for compressing mm. for compressing video and compressing it in a way that supports whatever connections people have at the time and that came right? more and more along with the demand of wanting it too right of course. because yeah. as more and more people were able to afford you know webcams and and a broadband mm. connection the demand for wanting to maybe talk to right. someone over a video conferencing system yeah. was, was high it's like oh this is actually accessible for just a random person to use for whatever purpose mm-hmm. they might have so having those algorithms and that software available to make that thing happen was a much more incentivized yeah exactly and now actually sort of coming up to the present day in terms of the software and stuff all of that all of that tricky stuff, all of the like video algorithms and all of that kind of stuff, that's largely just commoditized, right? Like your browser now has like a thing in it for compressing yeah. video off your webcam and sending it to another thing in, you know, an, an, another web browser running somewhere else in the world, right? All of the challenges around transferring that, around compressing it, around handling the quality changes as your connection drops and, and all of that kind of thing. It Like if I wanted to build a, a like video call software, I wouldn't be thinking about any of that stuff, right? No. That stuff is now you just sold go and you. buy a part, a piece of that software. You know, exactly. You, you buy exactly. the building bricks to put that together for yourself. Exactly. You yeah. don't even need to buy it, right? That stuff is now freely available yeah. and open source. Um, so all of that stuff is is available. That said, that's it's not a it's still not a perfect experience, mm. right? There's still a lot of room for improvement, largely down to the fact that the internet is very unreliable mm. inherently, and video and audio are real time and anything real time on the internet is hard yeah and you need any you're you're very sensitive to any drops right any any fluctuations any problems with your wi-fi yeah. any you know someone someone streaming someone downloading BitTorrent while you're trying to make a call you know like causes huge problems for, for video and audio but and we can talk about sort of the future there a little bit but aside from that the the problem of of sending video and audio between two people or more is largely largely gone away yeah because with the huge increases in speeds but also the stability of people's connections Mm. because it isn't just necessarily about speed it's about like your. it's not even remotely about speed it's about your ping isn't it it's about how how reliable you know your packets are getting through and if they're not getting through reliably enough all the time your compression software the software that's going to be you know sending this this information back and forth is it can't compensate quickly which is why you get those sort of pixelated looks and you get the robotic voices and all that kind of stuff exactly it's trying to send all this data and sometimes doesn't get all the data it needs so it needs to re-regress that data when it does that it means that it's taking like that extra few extra milliseconds to get that yeah the way that algorithms work is they don't re-request the data because it's real time so it's out of date so that's why you get drops right and and it just kind of disappears um because there's no point re-requesting five seconds ago when someone you know moved their hand around because that was five seconds ago um if that happens when you're trying to load a web page then whatever it doesn't matter like if it takes an extra couple of milliseconds it really doesn't make any difference but like you say when it's real time uh you know you you it's very noticeable it is, um, yeah. which is why it has always been such a, such a struggle to yeah, to make exactly. it flow and feel fluid. But like you say, thankfully, 
for the majority of the world now that is that has mostly gone away yeah it's it's definitely less of an less of an issue and it will we can there will continue to be improvements there you know but but by and large the big leap has happened you know if i think about skype calls in in the in the mid 2000s right like the video and audio still worked largely in the same way that they work now like yeah okay the the cameras are slightly better it's slightly smoother the audio quality is yeah. slightly better but fundamentally you know compared to two frames a second of yeah. grayscale you know tiny video we're not by and large the problem you've had the, the technological leap now it's the refinement of that leap yeah, yeah exactly exactly and certainly right now i think now in the last few years the problem the problem that we've solved is the like ease of use mm. i think has improved a lot oh yeah definitely i mean like if you go back to like you say like mid to late 2000s with things like skype um, and similar sort of software for using voice and video it wasn't necessarily difficult but if you start to install the software and you still have to have a camera set up and you still have to install drivers mm. for the camera whereas now it, it things are just built in like you know laptops have cameras built into them phones have cameras built into them all these sort of social media platforms have built-in kind of conferencing not not conferencing but video calling yeah. capabilities right and people are much more used to it as well like things like facetime for example you know mm. it's just, you press the, the button and it instantly starts talking to the person you want to talk to yeah yeah and it's kind of interesting actually sort of thinking about that like um from a generational point of view what i th- find is interesting when you think about we're sort of on the cusp right you and i of of the generation where you feel comfortable receiving and taking a video call hmm. um just like off the cuff um whereas our, our our parents generation that feels going back to my point about you know people were okay with telephone calls but they didn't want to be on a screen hmm. like this sort of that feels more uncomfortable it feels like a sort of invasion of privacy absolutely almost. yeah you know you a camera is on is looking at you all the time you sort of feel like you've got to perform and that's sort of I don't what I don't want to really touch on in this episode is like the psychology yeah, around yeah. video conferencing because that is a enormous and to be honest only just really developing now especially because mm. of coronavirus topic there's a whole extra episode there that we where we could talk about you know things like the lack of eye contact and yeah. and the, how that lag that we talked about affects you mentally when you're on a call with someone and how um, whenever you have got a video conference call of another person you always end up looking at yourself more than the person you're talking right to. exactly all of that stuff right you know so there's a lot there um, maybe we could find someone that we could get on who who's you know doing some research into that i mean this is, is really probably another reason why like a little bit behind the curtains here that when we do record these podcasts we don't do it in the same room we do it remotely but we mm. don't video conference like no even don't. if we both wanted to i we, we would i don't think like yeah, i think it no. is better to just do it via audio yeah yeah exactly exactly but yeah and and also i think it's really interesting where nowadays video and audio and text all fit together yes you know especially you mentioned right like like the the plate where you work starting to use microsoft teams right and so you've got text communication there uh, alongside the video communication yeah. and it's really interesting just baked like in. yeah it's really interesting that they're so close together I find that quite interesting compared to like if you're sat in an office together, you don't have like text or video. It's like it's yeah. all there at the it's it's all in one. I find that quite interesting. But yeah, like I think nowadays that we've got we've solved the ease of use. By and large, people are okay with video calls, and we've sort of 
we're sort of enriching the experience really right with lightweight features and gimmicks you know things like being able that you know the number of people you can pull in or yes, things like virtual yeah. backgrounds or like you know snapchat filters and yeah you know all of that kind of stuff like from a business point of view like when you're using it what you want is it to be easy for everybody to access but also have mm. like good admin features too because right, exactly. if you've got like a zoom call with like a hundred plus people i mean just today i was on a microsoft teams call with 155 people <sighs> you know <laughs> so like you need to make sure that that can be easily yeah. admined you know like yeah. it was easy to mute everybody because you guarantee mm. you're going to get that one person that doesn't realize that they've left their mic on and you right, can just exactly. hear the microwave going or, or, or exactly. something you know or, and and you need to be able to control things like that especially in a in a modern work environment if we're talking right. about it from a commercial point of view rather than from a personal point of view yeah and in the short term that's what we're going to see some improvements in you know like you said like we're already at a point where you know you can have a 150 person video call which even a few years ago it sounds would have sounded kind of nuts um but now like those things are a commonplace especially it's, it was, in large it's organizations seamless. you know you just join and there's no problem yeah. like the person who's exactly. talking is clear and crisp and absolutely no problems whatsoever yeah. exactly and so in the short term we'll see those kind of like like you say like moderation improvements or you know um little bits and pieces with sort of just making things kind of easier or, or more fun if it's personal if it's a personal thing yeah. or, or that kind of thing integrating it into sort of like workflow as well like having mm. for example the ability to share people's screen within video right is really yeah, handy yeah, exactly. so you can share slides and interacting with the with say a shared screen with video at the same time with like maybe a whiteboard effect stuff like that yeah exactly exactly but sort of where i really want to kind of like it's also a little bit floor opening for the for the remainder of the show for us mm. to both kind of talk about our ideas and thoughts about like where things are going to go mm. further in the in the most immediate term i think we're going to suddenly see quite a big jump in again in the improvements in the sort of technical kind of compression and quality side of things i think we're about to see a huge leap there mm. um the reason being is that people are now turning to artificial intelligence yes. in inverted commas yeah, yeah. um to improve things and when i when we say ai what really what we're actually talking about is is real-time manipulation of the video yeah but using um the data using, that the, the, the ai is being fed to make a yeah, better experience using using training information yeah. to, to do that for example like when you think about a video stream especially on like on like a zoom call all of the background kind of stays the same and and the person moves around but like if you imagine the way the f a face moves you know there's that sort of like if you drew a mesh over or, or like dots on people on someone's face you yeah. could kind of track their their like muscle movements right yeah. and their mouth movement and stuff like that and you can train something to understand that and to manipulate a video based on that and that's what um Nvidia for example are doing um so they've got a new algorithm that essentially the video compression is not compressing video. It's compressing descriptions of how someone's face is moving. Mm. And then at the other end, it reconstructs that, right? So you send sort of like regular snapshots of the person's face, and then you send information about how their face is moving. So it's like keyframing between different parts yeah, of a face. Also, yeah. yeah, but exactly. And like, but not just keyframing the image, but but you know sort of like actually in between your own describing movements yeah which which requires no bandwidth like less bandwidth than audio yeah so now actually the video is like the small bit compared to audio which is 
really cool yeah so you can take much less you can take far fewer snapshots and basically just use your local computing power to sort of fill in the gaps exactly um there's one that uh, one that I think is really cool that I feel like no one really talks about. But we mentioned about the the psychology of, of no eye contact very briefly. FaceTime has a feature where you can simulate eye contact mm. using so it can like move people's eyes so it looks like they're looking at each other. Because um, you always really end up staring at your camera, right? <laughs> and yeah, no, no, your camera, not your camera. So you always end up staring at your picture. Well, you look at the screen, you're looking at the yeah, other person. Which is not you? where not, the camera is. It's not where the camera is. So as a result of it, it looks like you're looking off to the side or wherever. But that, that's a little bit weird to look at sometimes, unless you train yourself to like stare into the camera when you're talking, yeah. which is super weird too, because then you're not looking in the person's eyes. And exactly. Yeah, exactly. that just feels very unnatural. Yeah. And then like that, one of the other things is like noise cancelling, right? So on the yeah, audio side of things. Yeah, I want to talk about noise cancelling. Like what we've what we're now seeing with noise cancelling again is like AI and in inverted commas. So training um, like a noisy, basically you take an take a noisy audio, make a clean one, and then train an train a, a, a train AI, train an algorithm mm. to turn one into the other. Yeah, <laughs> and then you just do that like a million times. It, it's and then, crazy impressive. Yeah. Like we, yeah, we really messed good. around with it a little bit when we, when it sort of I think Nvidia did one, didn't they? Right. Yeah, they did. Nvidia have got one. Um, Discord, Discord got uses it. one as well, doesn't it? And that's yes. what we were sort of messing about with them. And it's crazy good how, how it impressive is really good. it is. Like, I think Mix had like a fan on, like pretty loudly yeah. next to him. And he turned on the, the filter and you just couldn't hear the fan. But he was still yeah. perfectly clear, like he'd done nothing really. Yeah. Like you, you can sort of tell there's a slight difference. But I mean, it's not that it sounds bad. It just sounds slightly different. And it's, exactly. it's exactly. so impressive. But that is the kind of seamless background technology leaps that make yeah. this whole uh infrastructure of of video conferencing more seamless yeah. and more yeah. accessible and just a generally nicer experience because how often do you have to listen to someone on the end of a phone and all you can hear is like the whirring of an air conditioning unit or yeah, you know exactly. people in the or background talking exactly and it's just it's off-putting and you, you it breaks your chain of thought and when you're in real proximity with someone you, you sort of do that naturally like your brain right. sort of tunes into the person's voice and nothing else. But because you're not physically there, your brain can't quite tune into that person's yeah. voice in the same way because exactly. you're listening to audio rather than a physical person's voice. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, this is that's a really big part of it. Like, definitely. although we're talking about video conferencing, making sure the audio is right as well is super important. Definitely, definitely. And we're going to see that as well with, with like video noise cancelling. So starting to like blur backgrounds and things like that. Well, so, I mean, just today, yeah. like that was what we did on our... The, these, yeah, these, Teams has the, got it, right? Teams cool. the yeah. Like, you can mess about and have, like, you know, whatever background you want, but I just simply blur the background. And yeah. it's, if you don't move too much, like, it, it blurs the background perfectly, but my face is completely, you know, yeah. uh, framed by that blur. Exactly. So, exactly. And it's, again, it's really seamless. You just click a button and that's it. They don't need any fancy, like, you know, plugins or anything that you have yeah. to worry about. The camera is just a basic little camera that we got sent in, you know, that yeah. it's, it's really all seamless, which is what it needs to be. Yeah. So those are the sort of, those are the like technical things that sort of improving the experience that we have now, right? And that's sort of making it, like you say, more seamless, making it feel smoother mm. and a little bit more natural. And we'll come back to that topic of, of, of like something feeling natural mm. because it's a, it's a theme that I think we're going to, well, I, I have two minds about how we're going to see video conferencing go. And one of them is that is that natural progress. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the other thing 
that I wa- really wanted to talk about was what we're seeing in terms of experiences mm. for, from a vi- for video conferencing. And so what I mean by that is it's one thing to like do like we are doing now, which is, you know, sat on a Zoom call and we're talking to each other. It's another thing to sort of say, okay, well, that's fine for like a conversation, but what about a group setting? Right? Mm. What about a party? What about an event? Mm. What about, uh, you know, other things where people would normally be together that especially right now they can't do Mm. and a lot of the technical world has turned to how do we solve that problem right how do we how do we provide something using technology that sufficiently replicates how do we imitate life yeah and we had a little play around before the show started um, on a thing called gather town uh, which is gather.town and it's sort of like you were like is this is this Habbo Hotel? It was Habbo Hotel <laughs> or Club Penguin, you know. Yeah, it's like a little two D pixelated kind of environment where you can walk around, uh, and they do some clever things with like proximity based video, mm. where the people you're near are the ones you can see the video of, uh, and the people that are further away you can't. Uh, it's really cool. It's 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 fun. Uh, and it's got sort of features for doing things like having speakers, podiums yeah. and whiteboards and games. And you can see like this that. replacing like a conference, for example, like if you were to go yeah. to like a conference on behalf of like a company or something and you've got like a show floor sort of thing and you can have speakers going on at the same time, you can see the sort of replacing that to some extent. Right. And there's more serious ones as well. Gather Town is very fun and cute and, and I think only really works for a certain slice of people that kind of can get the aesthetic. Yeah. Because um, I think that that is a... A barrier depending on your well, it's got like 2d snes graphics really hasn't exactly exactly and there's there's other ones as well there's more serious ones um the one that i keep coming across is one called remo Mm. remo which is kind of again it like tries to replicate the real world right so it it has tables and chairs and you can click to move around and you know you've got breakout spaces and all of this kind of like real world simulation yeah kind of stuff uh, and there's a technical name for that as well, which is, well, I'm kind of abusing the word here, I guess, but like <laughs> skeuomorphism. And so what I mean by that is like, you know, like early iPhone days, right, where everything looked like a real thing. So mm. like your contacts is like a file effects with little tabs for the, yeah. for the letters down it. And your your camera app talks about film filters, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and things like that, right? That's skeuomorphism. So that's taking real things and turning them into something digital. And I'm... Like, I'm like, that feels a bit narrow-minded, mm. right? Like, why are we trying to use technology to replicate the real world? Yes, when we can do something more interesting and more useful. When we can, yeah, like, there's no constraints with technology. No. Now, I don't know what that looks like. I think the the closest thing that you can see that kind of potentially breaks free of the real world is vr yeah i was gonna bring up like vr chat for example right and starting to do video conferencing in vr there's some real challenges there like you can't have a camera in front of your face no uh and there's no you know you're not actually present sort of in 3d but you know again like that's an obvious description of what i mean right with vr it doesn't have to you know you can you can move around in a way that isn't constrained by the real worlds but also just sort of like I don't know, like thinking about that idea of things like breakout spaces and hmm. and with Gather Town, right? It's like the people you're talking to are the ones that you're close to yeah. in the virtual space. It's like, well, that seems kind of odd. Like that's an that's a very constrained way of looking at it. Why is it not that you choose who you want to, you know, speak to, but sort of 
in a natural way rather mm. than moving around a space why can't you sort of click and group people together to talk to or yeah. you know that kind of thing i'm not a i'm not a video yeah, you can just expert, simply so. create like a private bubble around the people that you want to talk regardless right. of space and and you know um, right. i i really do think that you could just make like a less janky version of vr chat and maybe right. have some form of like webcam integration with it so like it films you whilst also you being inside the headset and then maybe right. like with ai algorithms you could have it so the headset is sort of filtered out and it would use like an overlay of your face from a picture or something yeah i mean if you think about things like you know deep fakes and stuff right yeah, being exactly able to, being yeah. able to put someone's face on on something else like yeah i 100 percent think i mean i think we're at uncanny valley levels at the moment yeah but, but it's not it's not it that be far-fetched far yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, that's sort of interesting. And, and that's idea of what can we do that's more than real life? I don't think many people are answering yet. And I think we'll, I don't have the ideas, but I think we'll start to see some kind of like, more than just kind of like replicating a park or a conference, mm. you know, in, in, in how it really looks. But that's sort of the like, more out there kind of thinking. But the other thing that I started to think about which I think is really interesting is what I said about it be about optimizing for things feeling more natural. Mm. And it made me realize that when you actually think about, well, it, this is the question, is the goal of video conferencing in inverted commas to make things feel so natural and so like real life, mm. right? That, that it indistinguishable or close to indistinguishable. And that sort of started to make me think about how far away are we from that idea of sort of like a almost side by sides in real life kind of holographic mm. um, worlds? Like, is that what we're actually trending towards? See, what I, I, what I think is now is a really weird time to have this sort of thought process and progression because naturally people want to make conferences and meetings exactly how they've always been because they're trying to simulate them because you can't do them physically right now because of the virus mm. so i think like all of the industry is focusing on making this as like similar to real life as possible and to make it as sort of like non-intrusive like you say side by side as possible but that's not necessarily the best thing or the most mm. interesting thing you could do but it is certainly what <laughs> the, the pressure is on to make well that's what i'm wondering because it's like the question is like will people only adopt tools and technologies and experiences that are closer to real life because it feels more natural you know like we said like it's like we're optimizing for things like eye contact mm. right and smoother video with with less lag but you know things that feel more natural and more like real life and the the logical progression there is that it's, you know, you can't tell the difference, yeah. so to speak, in inverted commas. I mean, the, in the immediate future, my kind of like gut reaction is to say that the solution is like AR. So like right. if you took like, just take the Google Glass as the example. I know it's not a thing really. Well, anymore, HoloLens. But... HoloLens is a much better, Microsoft HoLoLens, right? Yeah. Is the, is the and example. you could simply, you don't have to make it so that you see the full person. You could even just have video conferencing as part of your AR your head up display, as it were, within your vision. But there's nothing to stop a small camera from then f focusing on you as well. And then you can just right. kind of see each other's faces within your vision. You know, right, exactly. that is less like real life than maybe what some places are kind of moving towards. But is more seamless and more useful because it's yeah. it's like it's a hands-free ar 
video conference as we have it now like mm. facetime it's facetime but really for, for your face <laughs> right right so so like floating video but in within a hollow lens right so so forget you know yes you've got to wear something right to do that to do the augmented reality but that's the thing I've, i i'm i'm really in two minds as to like whether this is something that we are going to move to or not like how far away is this right because i'm think about with VR headsets, you have um, sensors, right? Mm. Like freestanding sensors in your room. And those are like projecting, you know, a, a, a grid, right? To work out where you are, to see, you know, the space around you. Mm. Um, and my, my, even my Oculus Quest can, can, using its inside out cameras, can make a point map of my entire room, right? And where everything is. And so I'm like, well, it doesn't feel much of a stretch to, use that with hololens to as i move around the room project me moving around the room to everybody else that you're talking to everybody with. else yeah. now use a photo of me um plus ai and a neural net to manipulate my face when i talk yeah uh, and you can project my face onto that, you, that you've got that, something quite similar to you know, a, a holographic style display yeah. like you would see in some like Star Trek or something at this yeah. point. Like it, it, it doesn't actually feel, I, I put this in my, you know, I've sort of talked myself into thinking this isn't far away because I put it in the like far out there. But when you think that people are HoloLens, you don't see HoloLens anywhere, but it is, it is in use quite a lot. Um, it is, it's a well-established thing that, that exists. Um, we're not that, far away from that Mm. and you know you look at you look at apple as well and and how much they're actually weirdly maybe weirdly investing in um ar right like they've got you've now got a on the latest iphones that were just announced at the time of recording you've got a lidar on the on the on the on the top end phone right and that is so that it can accurate i was like what are they using that for (laughs) and it's like it's for accurately putting things in the environment using yep. AR. Yes, yes, so yeah. So forget HoloLens. You don't even need that. What about you're holding your phone? It's looking at you, but also you can see someone in your environment, yes. you know, through AR, through that through that augmented reality. Which feels um, like a, a further extension of what they already do with FaceTime anyway. So right. they're not trying to reinvent the video conference. They're just right. trying to make it sort of more seamless and more interesting and more close to what it would really be like with the ar side of things right right just feels more natural right like the person is more actually physically there and and that that real world presence side by back to that point about feeling like you're actually side by side rather than on a video to just make things feel more more natural there is definitely a natural progression here to talk about the psychology of of video conferencing and stuff i'd love to do that Mm, in a future episode mm. i think we definitely Um, need someone that knows what they're talking about with it but absolutely yeah but yeah like it's it's really interesting to think that you know this this idea of talking to someone uh you know over the internet with and with video is very well established right like we said you know even going back to you know mid-2000s it was readily freely available to, to everyone right with a webcam um and now it's that in my mind i'm like that mid 2000s idea is something that we've now we're now in the optimization phase for and it's now normal for everyone and we're only just in my opinion at the point where we're about to i feel like we're about to make 
many more leaps mm. in that mm. you know and in different directions know, as well i think you can going to take it into a more seamless yeah. uh direction but you can also bring it into a more interesting and and sort of like quirky mm. direction yeah um like one of the things i can see and i think you've sort of made a note here at the very end like you could almost have like simulated background locations so you could mm. have like a wall or something even with a projector projecting like a real life location so you still like within an office environment even if you're on your own in your own room yeah yeah you know? exactly and that's exactly. that's live video conferencing but just all the time mm. so rather than you being on a call you're just within your workplace so if you wanted to yes. talk to like someone who's in the same office you would literally just turn around look at the projection or, or screen if you if they can make a cheap enough huge screen for it and just talk to that person because you're always in call because it's like you're next to each other but on live video conferencing right yeah i mean some of that already exists there are you know you can have those sort of setups mm. in fancy offices where they've got you know a, a semicircle of a table and then it continues with a screen right into the other semicircle in another room um but yeah exactly like there's there's i think we're going to see some really interesting stuff mm. especially around maybe vr but also augmented reality yeah as that's you say. that's where i'm my gut's telling me it's going um yeah. I, I can see ar becoming the main seamless way of interacting with people yeah. over a video call and i think the thing i'm most excited about is seeing what people do that isn't limited by the ideas yeah. of the real world yeah you know, using that's what it in I really, really interesting see. creative ways hmm definitely definitely well that's um, that's the octal yeah. fm hot take for this one uh, we often do that <laughs> for this sort of thing where we start being we put on our little sci-fi hats and start dreaming what the tech utopia is going to be like yeah, uh, it's not never far really away. never really pans out unfortunately <laughs> usually is a bit more boring than, than what we hope i for. don't know i think sometimes we get it right we talked about uh, video game streaming right like games as a service it's still not there that, though is it really <laughs> polygon literally the other day did this huge like multi-set piece on cloud gaming oh, uh, you know you see, and you obviously it, been listening to octal fm yeah they i reckon one of them did and then they were like yeah you've got to get go, on this see. Uh, but if you want to take some of our ideas and you'd like to just thank us, when you know, we will accept emails yeah. for royalties exceptions. So yeah. do get in touch with us and let us know what part of our wonderful expose on video conferencing you'd like to take from us. Yeah, exactly. Please do. Um, very happy to, you know, maybe a credit. You know, and on the on the on the Wikipedia page about how you know about your your idea when it's you know when it's ubiquitous and everyone is using it, um, yeah, let us know uh, which which Wikipedia page we're going to need to edit. Um, you can email us show at octal.fm or grab us on Twitter at octal.fm on Twitter or Facebook facebook.com forward slash octal.fm. They're probably going to be the ones, aren't they, that do all of this stuff? Facebook, oh, yes. That's oh, their, yeah, for sure. That's their thing, right? If you, That's their uh, mission statement, is, is bringing the world together. Bringing the world together uh, by having everyone's data all the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's not start that, though. Yeah, um, let's but, not talk about adverts in your face. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I think what potentially could be a dry topic of tech talk has been an interesting to uh, topic into how people use this sort of communication tool and where the communication tools going to take us in future um both from a necessity point of view of being unable to physically mm. see each other but also just from a this is the future of of interactive social media tech mm. you know yeah absolutely so it's absolutely. been a lot of fun so thank you very much for for doing sort of the legwork on this one this has very much no been your baby in the works for a little while <laughs> um but we hope you've enjoyed it as well listener um and in the meantime i've been saffron and i've been gelada and catch us again for another episode of Octal FM's Hot Takes on Technology very soon. <laughs>